Hi, this is Jason McCarthy at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show, celebrating an EFL week of action, uh, shining a light on uh, the brilliant work that the uh, foundation does at the club uh, and other clubs as well, but mostly. <laughs> More specifically, uh, this particular club. Uh, we'll catch up with Phil in just a few moments' time. Uh, you might have heard yesterday uh, we were down at uh, Millbrook School enjoying uh, the uh, fantastic work that the foundation put on there uh, with a skateboarding institute for refugees. And uh, David Wheeler has been involved in Chairboys Chat. We'll hear from him as well. Uh, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth in this hour. We'll speak to Sonny Moore, who uh, you might or might not know uh, is a coach of uh, Wickham Wanderers Women's Under-18s as well. We'll chat to Luke from the Foundation talking about the Warm Hub, which continues this evening as well uh, down at Adams Park. And uh, not only that, thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, uh, we'll hear from former striker Craig McHale-Smith who uh, recently announced his retirement from football, I think a fortnight ago. Uh, so we'll catch up with him and find out how he is uh, enjoying his retirement. But first, uh, also, of course, we'll look ahead to the, uh, the trip to Bristol Rovers on Saturday. But first, uh, we'll look back to uh, the 1-0 defeat at home in front of a bumper crowd at Adams Park against Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. Jasper Pattenden uh, accompanied Phil, who uh, brought you some, uh, some highlights. Good afternoon and welcome to Adams Park. It's a wet and rainy Adams Park, but the atmosphere is electric here with Sheffield Wednesday coming to town in League One. Jacobson goes long towards Tapazoli, heads it into the six-yard area, headed clear. But still not clear properly, and it drops on the volley, it's beaten away, wing with the shot. Tapazoli squares it across, and it's cleared again. Wickham coming the closest to opening the scoring, and two minutes on the clock. Good save by Dawson. The beaten out, just taps down the wet turf in that corner. Mametti sticks around for the short option, but now it's going to be whipped in by a beater. Good delivery to the back post. Tapazoli heads onto the roof of the net. Windass down the line. Finds James. James puts the ball into the central area. Patsa comes to get it. Feeds it now to Volks. Shot comes in. Oh, what a goal! What a strike by Will Volks into the roof of the net. Hits it really, really well. Strick looked like he was going to get there. But Sheffield Wednesday have opened the scoring in the 12th minute through Will Vox, the midfielder. Wickham Wanderers nil. Sheffield Wednesday won against the run of play. Ball cleared down the line by Fumewo. Smith and Tapazoli having a right old battle here. And Tapazoli's won that one. Oh, that's a good ball into McClear as well. Now Mometi. Mometi, oh, brilliant tackle by Byers. And it needed to be because Mometi, who was opening up for him there, is Grimmer. First time ball to Wheeler's defended, but they get the second one to win. Now Mametti, edge of the area, Mametti shot, charged down by the backside of Iolfa. He'll fill that one at half-time. Jacobson with the free kick. It's on the halfway line, just outside the centre circle. He goes towards Vokes. Vokes is causing a problem on the edge of the area. Grimmer gets the ball, goes for goal! Always rising, goes over the bar, sat up nicely for Jack Grimmer. Yeah, struck it really well. Um, struck through the ball and you thought just for a minute, as soon as it left his foot, maybe, just maybe, but yeah, those ones are always going to rise and, and eventually it did rise up and over the crossbar. Well, he doesn't score tapping, Jack Grimmer. No. And the whistle goes and it's the away fans that are cheering tonight. Wickham Wanderers falling behind in the 12th minute or unable to get their way back into the game lots of possession especially in the second half but Sheffield Wednesday have defended brilliantly up to this point yeah look they took the lead early on um, it was a fantastic goal um, from Will Volks um, and look we, we had chances we knocked on the door and we definitely created opportunities but it just felt like in the final third that last bit of quality just wasn't there today for us um, with the amount of ball we had and the amount of ball we had in in the, in the attacking third for us um, we would have hoped we could have created a bit more but credit, credit where it's due to Sheffield Wednesday they defended fantastically well towards the end um, and they saw the game out really nicely and, and killed any sort of threat and momentum that we were looking to build in the, in the, in the closing stages um, a disappointing result um, felt like we deserved the point from the game um, but Sheffield Wednesday walk away with all three but we'll leave you with the full time score here at Adams Park Wicker Wanderers nil Sheffield Wednesday won Wickham Wanderers, Jasper Panton summarising and, of course, 
Uh, the uh, Wiccan Wanderers, head of audio and broadcast, host of Ringing the Blues, and your match commentator for a Saturday on Wanderers TV and here on Wickham Sound on 106.6. Uh, Phil Catchpole, who I'm very pleased to say we can uh, speak to now, and this evening is out on location. Tell us where you are, sir. I am at Cressix Astro Turf for the Wickham Wanderers Foundation Walking Football. It happens every week, and uh, I've been watching this, and Super Max Striek and Curtis Thompson are taking part tonight with these guys who are all over 50, uh, and this has been excellent to watch. The game is still going on. To say it's competitive would be an understatement. I imagine walking's harder than it looks as well, or harder than it sounds. I have to say, I can't really describe this and do it justice. Max Striek travelling around the pitch, desperately trying not to run, is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's wonderful. <laughs> I must really thank you for sending me a clip as well. I, I shall watch it often. <laughs> Curtis Thompson is uh, he's trying his very hardest not to run as well, but he's Kurt's played some lovely like little slide rule passes tonight. Uh, thankfully, no 50-50s uh, with an over 50. Otherwise, I'm not sure they'd be walking again. <laughs> no, sounds like a strange maths equation as well, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah, we mentioned, obviously, with uh, Jasper and yourself um, describing the action on, on Saturday. Not the right result, but, but a great uh, display as well. Yeah, very gritty display from Sheffield Wednesday. I thought it had all the hallmarks of a Wickham Wanderers performance. They got a goal, a really fantastic goal as well, worthy of winning any game. And once they had the lead, they really dug in and they reminded me of Wickham Wanderers, a bit like they did when they beat Newcastle live on the TV in the FA Cup as well. Um, and I, I didn't recognise that quality in them last season. Perhaps if they'd shown that last season, they might be in the championship now. I think under Darren Moore, they've learned to be gritty and grind out results. And uh, that's what they did against Wickham Wanderers. No complaints about the result whatsoever. Wickham just weren't good enough in the final third. They played some good possession football, but often it's the case when Wickham have high possession, they tend not to win the games. Um, so, yeah. Um, they came out on the wrong end of it on that one but um, it was really refreshing to hear Gareth Ainsworth after the game when I spoke to him in the tunnel after the match speaking really nicely about Sheffield Wednesday too I think we've just played the champions there um, honestly I think they're a very strong side with the players missing from their squad you know your Bannons your Hennigans you know I mean they're a, they're a good good side and that shows what a good performance it was from us you know honestly we put so much pressure on them especially second half I'm hoping they give his credit and say that was the toughest game uh, for a while because we really really did put it on them and they're tougher than they were last year they're more solid they've got this this way of winning they've got some good players in their side but it's an absolute worldly goal that separated the two teams today I think a point would have been fair for us I don't think anyone would have complained but that goal yeah, it's good enough to win any game, you know, and uh, and it was a brilliant goal from Volks, you know, a great strike and uh, it goes in the top corner. Both teams had, had chances. Uh, I think they've had another couple of good chances, but Max Strake's made some great saves. But, um, you know, I think we've out-possessed them, out-passed them. It just, just wasn't going to happen for us today, you know. It was one of those days and it was a couple of players just not reaching their top performance as well, but you've got to give credit to Sheffield Wednesday for that. They've, they've done their homework, they've stopped us playing. But I'm I'm proud. I'm I'm buoyed by that performance. I don't think we're we're far off at all being a contender for these playoffs. And I do think that Sheffield Wednesday will, will get promoted uh, as, as champions. I think they're a, a really really good side. Defensively, I thought they were superb as well. And Anis Fometi had a couple of shots blocked and keeping didn't have many saves to make. But defensively, they shut Wickham down very early on. They did, you know. And, and obviously, you know, you. you uh, you come to Wickham, you know you're going in for a tough ride uh, and, and some of their players have come off saying you are the toughest team we've played. And that's compliments, big compliments for me. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Darren will, will do his justice as well. He's a, he's a great guy, uh, a good manager and um, their fans were outstanding but the Wickham fans were good as well. You know, it was a good to see a, a great crowd here today. Yeah, just... Uh, just came up short. A goal would have been fantastic for our boys to, uh, our fans to celebrate, and our boys to celebrate. And uh, you know, we didn't really trouble their keeper as much as I wanted to. We got to that final third so many times, and just in previous games, it's looked brilliant, and we've carved teams apart. But today, we just didn't get that final shot off and, and that final moment. But um, that happens in football sometimes, and you've got to take it. And then you've got to, you've got to applaud Volks' goal. You know, two boys got stretched off for Sheffield. I hope they're they're okay. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to see that and it was a real it was a real men's game today two teams real men going at it nothing in the game that there was no maliciousness there was nothing no needle 
it's just a real good battle. I hope that everyone enjoyed a good League One fixture today. We take it on the chin and we go again next week away at Bristol Rovers, but I'm um, really proud of the boys. Great, we're putting Jack Wakeley on at the end there for his league debut, you know, brilliant for him. You know, this place is definitely progressing, but at the end of the day, we're Wickham Wanderers. We, we, we know what we are. Hosting Sheffield Wednesday, I think, in days gone by, was a real worry, a real sort of panic, thinking how many is this going to be, you know, today. I think that we can be proud now saying that Wickham can compete with any team in this division at home. That's narrow 1-0 defeats by um, by both Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday and, re- you know, a reverse of that result uh, against Ipswich. So the top three, I think we've done really well against. Yeah, we've only got three points, but I think that um, if people come and watch the game and watch how this team has progressed over the years, with the Coogs in charge, we've got great safety here and, and, and the club's going in the right direction. Just wanted to the point today at least you know a point would have been good um, fair play to Sheffield Wednesday you know they've got all three um, they're a huge huge side I'm sure they'll go on to, to be promoted we want to be in the mix in this league and uh, and, and the playoffs is my total aim you know this season I think we, uh, we've we got a heck of a chance to make that and uh, boys keep believing fans keep believing because I certainly do and great to hear him say he was buoyed by the performance as well, because often you hear, you know, especially on a defeat, managers, you know, not too pleased with the way their team has played. But he, he was encouraged, but I guess a little frustrated as well. Yeah, he'll be he'll be encouraged by some of the passing and, and possession football they play. Um, I thought defensively we looked pretty good as well. It's just that final third Colin against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Cameron Dawson didn't have a huge amount to do in goal, um, but. You have to credit the back three of Sheffield Wednesday. They didn't have Mark McGuinness. They lost him as he was recalled on loan back to Cardiff City's parent club. But they stepped up. Famewo came in. I thought Iolfa was a real um, colossus at the back as well. And and that's what got them the three points. And I think coming into the season, it could be a big three points for them. And also coming up this Saturday, uh, again, uh, opposition who you know only played on, on Boxing Day. They've only been three games uh, for the Cherboys in between those two fixtures. But that might not necessarily be a similar similar contest between the two. Well, again, with the window open, um, they've lost a defender who's gone back on loan. There's rumours they may be getting a new goalkeeper and no doubt they might be trying to get some business done as well. It may be one of those sneaky ones where they get the deals done and then announce them at two o'clock on a Saturday to try and keep everybody guessing because the huge amount of work that the Wicked Wanderers uh, analyst does, Josh Hart, uh, to help Gareth Ainsworth and the coaching staff with the information, you know, is, is, is a mammoth task. And it's quite a tricky one for him this time of year because obviously things can change. Um, but we shall see. But yeah, three three games ago, we beat Bristol Rovers and uh, it was a, you know, a decent victory for Wickham Wanderers. And Joe Barton took it very well, of course, didn't he? So will he be uh, forced to eat his words uh, on Saturday or will he be triumphant? I think he's only beaten Wickham Wanderers once in six or seven attempts. And something else which is really nice, obviously, to come out of the, the build-up is he and uh, the, his team have, have all, all shaved their heads in support of, of, of one of their well, one of their own, of course, who, who's found themselves in a difficult situation as well. I mean, that is just tremendous from the whole club. From the whole club, I think, excellent because, you know, you, you think of footballers as being super beings, being super fit and untouchable almost. Um, and it just shows you that cancer does not discriminate. Um, but the reaction of his teammates and the club and the fans, everybody, um, it's been phenomenal. Uh, and it's going to be an absolute nightmare to commentate on as well. But what a cause. And uh, I hope it raises a lot of money for, for the player and his family. And we wish them all the very best. We wish you, uh, I hope you enjoy uh, that game. And also, of course, we saw you uh, last night down at Millbrook School, a brilliant example of, of what the club does in the community. And again, you know, something that you're at this evening as well. Yeah, the, I mean, it's the EFL week of action, but I think it's worth pointing out that all of these brilliant sessions that go on right across the community, all the varied activities, this is happening all year round. Um, you know, it's a week of action by the EFL to help highlight this. And it's great that the players can come along and get involved and, and, uh, and see what the, this part of the club does. But this is going on week in, week out, and um, it's great to shine a spotlight on some of this as well and, and maybe encourage some more people to come and get involved. I mean, the pitch is really busy tonight for walking football, um, and I'll tell you what, it's very competitive. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great rest of your evening. Uh, watching Max Trix try not to run is, is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Great to hear from Phil. Uh, he'll be bringing you the action on Saturday, of course, on 106.6 FM <laughs> and on Wanderers TV, where you can hear uh, the full uh, version of that interview with Gareth and many others as well. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This 
is Wickham Sound. Still to come before the end of the Wickham Wanderer show, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth, we'll hear from Sam Vokes, who's been on a skateboard as well, uh, all for a good cause, and we'll catch up with David Wheeler, who's been taking part in Chairboys Chat as well, and we'll catch up with Sonny Moore, who's a coach for Wickham Wanderers women under 18s. But first, uh, in our usual uh, ex-player slot, thanks to Wickham Wanderers Ex-Player Association, we've been speaking to someone who only a couple of weeks ago has announced his retirement from football. Uh, I'm sure you remember not too long ago when he was uh, at Adams Park, uh, causing uh, defences all sorts of problems. Uh, Craig McHale-Smith, who we've been uh, speaking to and uh, who's been telling us a bit about how uh, he's getting used to uh, his uh, retirement from football. It's an interesting feeling, obviously, to not to not have it in my life anymore is in the sense of playing and stuff. It's strange. It's been, I've been in kind of a, a semi-professional, professional world for 22 years. So it's, it is a, it is a strange feeling. I said, to, uh, like the days when I train and and the games where I prepare, it's it's they're not there now. So it's a, it's a different feeling, but it's nice. It's been a long time. I think it was probably the right time. It's the beginning of the year, and I'd, I'd like to look at other things and and start kind of other another journey in in my uh, in my life. Do you think it's something that will be quite easy to adapt to, or it'll take some adjusting to as well? I think it might take a bit of a adjusting to. Obviously, I still kind of last last Saturday I was watching the, the, the football and the results come in and just kind of like watching the games. And so I think it will take me a little bit of time to slowly get it out of my system. I probably won't miss pre-season because it was always a tough part of being a footballer. Um, so I'll, I'll be enjoying sitting down, knowing I don't have to take part in that. But uh, yeah, I think it slowly, slowly it will kind of it, once I kind of really get my teeth into something else, I think it will kind of it, it will it will fade it fade it like into the background slightly. Because there must be so many elements that, that you'll miss, you know, the, the camaraderie in the dressing room and, the, you know, the, obviously the playing and the preparing for games as well. Yeah, I think, like, the buzz around the games and the, the, the atmospheres and the, and the kind of the emotions you get and of scoring goals and winning games, that, that'll be really hard to replicate. And as you said, like, dressing room, being in the dressing room with camaraderie, being around kind of 22 players, like, friends every day... I think that's probably the, the biggest thing I miss is, is is having someone there to always chat to, to always kind of talk about like issues that you have, and obviously you're working collectively to kind of achieve something. So I think those 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 will be the big things I miss ultimately. But hopefully in in the future, whatever I go into, I, I could, I, whether it's I create it or it's created for me, is to go into an atmosphere like that in in the business world. And it's nice to have that opportunity, isn't it, to reflect on on the career that you've had and the different clubs that you played for and what you've achieved. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's you never really get that opportunity when you're playing so much. It's always so fast, and you're onto the next training session, and you're onto the next game, and it and it and they tick along, and you kind of forget the games that have gone previous, and maybe the, the good things you've done, and the, and the, the goals you've scored and stuff. So for me now, it's, it's it's a little bit of a chance to kind of go back over my whole career, really, and. And go through through like game by game, and just have a, a reminisce of those games because there are obviously standout moments within the career, but there are obviously games and and maybe goals that I've neglected to think about through that time. So yeah, it's going to it's going to be a nice journey, and it'd be good to to kind of relive that with my kids as well. No, definitely. So what were your sort of earliest memories of your time at Wickham? Um, so obviously I, I came in under Gareth. Well, he's still obviously Gareth's still there, and he's always been there, but he brought me in. With a great bunch of lads, I know. I knew when I came in, it was a, a very experienced squad. We had Adam Alab, Sam Saunders, Bayo, Marcus Bean, uh, Nathan Tyson, Scott Brown. It was a fantastically experienced squad, and I think a, a squad that I felt that we kind of been written off, and I felt like we were all coming together to to prove everyone wrong. And obviously, we had some good young talent in and Luca Nine and, and Dominic Gabe and stuff there, Scotty Cashkit. So I think it was a great blend of, of players to, to come together and I think that, that they, everyone gelled really, really well and obviously for them that first season we, we got promoted and I think that was a big part of, of the players that were in, in the dressing room. And you must have found quite early on it was a real team that really suited your style of play as well. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great. Obviously, I played under a similar manager, John Steele for Dagenham, who was kind of, he wanted to get the ball down and he wanted to get it forward quick and keep the game high up the pitch and under Gareth, it was it was very very similar. We obviously we played a three like Bayo played down the middle, and and it was me and Nathan Tyson, and then we had like Paris Cowan Hall play out on the on one side as well. So it was nice. It was it, it was as I say it was kind of get the ball into Bayo, play off of him, 
uh, play off his flicks um, and, and hopefully kind of keep the ball up that end. And we were speaking to, to Phil the other week when you announced your retirement and, and he was really sort of paying tribute to some, some great performances that you know, he saw of yours and, and described you as sort of a typical Gareth player who you know, worked really hard and, and, and you know, always gave your all for the team, which is something that the fans obviously really appreciate too. Yeah, no, for, for, throughout my time as a player, I've, I've tried to give everything I've, I've got for whatever club I've played for and, and, and every game I've played, I've always kind of had that mentality that I, I, I wanted to leave everything on the pitch. So if it when I, and my career did end, I could look back and know that there was I used every ounce of, of talent I had, uh, every game, every training session, um, and obviously, as I say playing for Gareth, who was a, who was a similar player to me, it was nice because he understood what I needed to get out of the game and what I brought to the to the team. And being part of a side that won automatic promotion, obviously from League League Two, it must have been a fantastic sort of sense of achievement as well. Yeah, definitely. As I say, I think I came in and maybe we'd been written off. I think people probably looked at that squad and looked at the age of the squad and obviously did, um, probably looked at it and thought maybe they're not going to do anything. And I think that, that's what probably gave us a, a massive drive throughout the season because we were underdogs. People had written us off before even the season even started. And I think we all knew that we, we still had life in us and we wanted to prove to people that, that we still had that ability to, to, to play, to achieve to achieve promotions and Obviously, to finish the season off, in, kind of getting into the automatic places and, and getting promoted was was an was an amazing achievement. And are there particular goals or games which really stand out for you? Obviously, there was that hat trick you got against Crawley, which was which was was pretty impressive. Yeah, like the, the hat trick Crawley, I think I got a lot a lot last minute goal against Crew away. But to be honest, my most standout moment like was the the win against I think it was Carlisle. At home, and Beanie scored the winner in the right at the end of the game, and that that was like my most standout moment that season because it just showed what our team was about. I think we went down to ten men. We were, I think we were losing three-two, and we came back and won four-three in the in the last kind of four or five minutes. And I think that epitomised what the team was about. That epitomised the team spirit. And I think when that game happened, I think there was a real belief that we we were going to get promoted. Because you often hear, don't you, you say the underdog tag seems to really suit Wickham. But you know, speaking to someone who's obviously been involved in that yourself, that that's something which which you can really sort of testify to. Yeah, definitely. It, it, I think it's it's that being written off. I think the the, the players there they thrive off that, and and it, it brings them closer together, and and it creates a mentality of the we're going to prove you wrong. So I think the the underdog tag for Wickham has been fantastic because it's it's allowed them to create a a drive, a philosophy within the team that, that has allowed them to, to achieve the, the fantastic results that they've, they've got. And I suppose you can't uh, overemphasise how important Gareth's influence has been and, and playing for him uh, must have been great as well. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fantastic. He's a fantastic man-manager. He's massively enthusiastic, as you see on the sideline. He's a, a unique character in, in the game and he's, he's a great person to play for. He gives you great confidence. Um, he pats you on the back when you've done well. He gives you a little G up when you need to do better. In my time, he brought a fantastic dressing room together and he was very clever in the fact that he picked one or two experienced people and, and a young player and he kind of get, made them like, in a sense, generals of the dressing room and, and he'd kind of give them information that he'd want passed into the dressing room and um, and then that was how the dressing room was, was run and then he, he would just stand back and let, let the older lads kind of dictate how the dressing would go and, they, and the, the older lads set a standard that, that no one could drop below and, and I think they've, they've kept that, that kind of mentality uh, ongoing because they've, they've done fantastically well. And overall, how did you look back at your time at the club? Oh, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, as I said, I come off away from, I think it was Luton and it didn't go too well there and obviously, as I said, I joined the group of players, uh, a lot older players who, were, who wanted to prove something and just like myself, I wanted to prove that I still had the capabilities of playing at that level and, and winning promotions and scoring goals and it was it was just a, an unbelievable dressing room to be part of and you don't really get many dressing rooms like that throughout your, your career and I was very lucky to have been part of that. And as we touched on it, it must be so nice for you to now that you've retired to be able to reflect on you know the career that you've had, you know the likes of Peterborough and Brighton and, and playing for Scotland of course as well. Yeah, it's, it's it's been wonderful. It's been it's been nice um, just to sit and, and say to to look back. It's been wonderful and, and amazing for all the messages I've received from kind of players and clubs and stuff and, and supporters. It's 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 been a wonderful journey. I'd, I'd never 
had expected to have, to have been a 16-year-old at St Albans to have been in the game for 22 years and achieved the, the things I've achieved. So I've been very, very lucky and really appreciative of, of what I've, I've, I've done. And then hopefully I can kind of take that experience on and, and help players that are, that are trying to come into the game or come through the game in the future. And more recently, I understand you've had some other issues to deal with in the form of a flood. Yes, yes, my, my house got flooded. This was a couple of years ago now, and it's and it's we're still having a few ongoing issues. So it's yeah, there's, there was a lot of issues uh, I had to deal with. And but then again, I, I look at it that it's it's made me mentally stronger, and and these are the things I've had to deal with, and, and it gives me a bit more insight of how my brains worked to deal with with situations. And and, and I'd say hopefully that I can kind of use them to to help other people navigate and overcome obstacles in their life. That's really nice, isn't it, that you can share your experience and, and you know, other young players coming up who, who you know, might be witnessing things for the first time and not quite sure how to deal with them in, in the more modern game. Yeah, definitely. I, I've been through for, for a lot through my career. I've come into the game late. I've had to come through non-league. I've had highs and lows. I've had major injuries, promotions, relegations, and obviously and stuff with, with outside of football happening. So I take all of those on board and, and, and try and use them as positives. And as you said, like to, to pass that knowledge on, hopefully, to to younger players coming through the game and, and maybe players that are in the game and, and are kind of looking for answers. It, it's nice to have some of those experiences to draw on to, to help guide people. And really pleasing for you now to be able to spend more time with your young, young family as well. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. They, it, was, it, it was nice kind of going into non-league because my kids, they could come to, to the games. My little boy, who's a football mad, Jude, he, he, come, he could come on the pitch with a warm-up before the game and he'd come up and warm-up with me at half-time. So it, it gave him a great exposure to the football and, and, and now I'm out of it. I can spend more time with him practising and spend time with my other children kind of doing their clubs and, and, and having the weekends to, back to ourselves. And people might not know that your father in law is quite, quite, quite a well-known name in football as well. Yeah, yeah, Barry... Very fry, if I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's he's wonderful. He's been he's been a great person to to lean on throughout my time um, in football. He's he's obviously got fantastic knowledge, and it's, it's been wonderful to kind of talk to him and and look at different things during my career. And obviously, coming to the end of my career, it's now nice to to have him to talk to 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 see how he can kind of help me navigate the, the next stage of, of my life. Is it true he delivered your first child? Uh, we both did. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't intended. It was. We just. We didn't get to the hospital in time. We 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 were at home, and Isla, my first, she came very very quick. So me me and Barry delivered my first child with with no midwife at home. So yeah. So I've got that. I've got that skill in the locker if it's ever needed. So. <laughs> if it's an, a new career to come from that, it'd be interesting. It seems like some sort of strange tabloid headline, doesn't it? Barry Fry delivered my first child. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like the, the in the newspaper, isn't it? It's just, it, it, it? Yeah, as I say, it, it was an amazing moment to to be able to do that. It, it's something I, we, I didn't expect, and it's not, it's not something I would put myself through again in that, in that sense with having no midwife. But like, lucky enough, um, everything was 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 wonderful, and, and we got through that without any issues, which is which was the most important thing. And yeah, we've had the other. We've got. I've got three children, and we've we've had the other two at home as well with with my supervision. So they're all they're all home home birth babies. What a Swiss Army knife of life skills you have. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's, it's, been, it's been a wonderful journey in in and out of football. And as I said to you earlier, it's like just learning from these lessons and being able to to give those that information and and help people now is is kind of a, a, a important. And are you really looking forward to to what's to come now? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, as I said, I had a wonderful time, 22 years in football, and it's been it's been an amazing journey. And and I think now it's like it's pu- pushing me out of my comfort zone now because I've known that for so long. It was, it was it's quite easy to kind of just keep ticking along season after season. But now I'm I'm, I'm going to have to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to have to learn new things and meet new people and be in new situations. So. It is nerve-wracking and it, and it is, there is apprehension, but there's also excitement on the other side as well with, with how much I'll grow and, and what I can learn and what I can become from it. Well, hopefully we'll see you at Adams Park, perhaps watching a game soon. Yeah, no, I'd love to come back. It's, it's, it's been, I, I keep an eye on, on, on the team and I've seen that they're doing fantastically well this season as well. So they're obviously pushing to, 
to be in the in with a chance to get in the playoffs. So hopefully I can I can get down and and and, and see them on winning ways. Real pleasure to hear from Craig, and you never know he might be uh, summarising with Phil on on a match commentary very very soon. Should probably point out as well something which we referred to earlier with Phil. You may not have heard that uh, Bristol Rovers defender Nick Anderton last summer was diagnosed with osteosarcoma and has been receiving uh, chemotherapy for that. And uh, many of his teammates and manager Joe Barton at Bristol Rovers have uh, this week had their heads shaved uh, in, in in tribute and support to Nick as well. So we obviously wish uh, Nick Anderton uh, all the best with his recovery. It's something which we uh, hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth about as well. Also something that was mentioned uh, in our chat a little earlier on with David Wheeler, uh, who started the week on Monday night, taking part in Chair Boys Chat, another brilliant initiative uh, by the Wickham Wanderers Foundation and something which he was pleased to uh, take part in as well. Yeah, no, it was um, very rewarding for me and, and hopefully it, it helped, you know, even just one person is, is a positive. Um, I think, you know, we shared some ideas and we shared some stories and yeah, it's just, I think, really important to be to be open about mental health, especially if you're a man of, of, of a certain age. I think it's it can be quite difficult, but it's really important to do that. And I think really positive and especially this time of year as well, it can be quite hard on your mental health. So yeah, I come away from it very positive and, and, and I hope everyone that was there did as well. Because I think as well, people can often forget, can't they, that, you know, footballers are human as well. And then, they, you know, they, they kind of share probably the, the same issues that, that supporters are going through too. Yeah, I think there's, there's sometimes this uh, air of invincibility or assumption that, you know, footballers are uh, indestructible sort of thing. But exactly right. I mean, you know, we had people from you know, every walk of life and every sort of... Um, profession really on on the chat and uh everyone had experienced something in some in some fashion to some to some degree so yeah it, it's definitely the case and that, and that's sort of a big thing to make clear is that literally anyone and and probably most people are going through some some degree of mental health distress at some stage and a really great example of how important uh, football clubs are in, in the community. And there seems to be, you know, more and more of those of late, especially, you know, the, the team you're coming up against on, on Saturday, Bristol Rovers, the, the action they've taken to show support to their uh, their teammate as well. Yeah, yeah, that was really, really heartening to see. Um, and uh, yeah, like definitely another cause that's, that, that's dear to me. Um, and obviously we'll keep everything crossed for him that he gets gets through his his fight against cancer because you know it's a horrific horrific disease and then yeah we're just um we'll keep everything crossed for sure and it's, it's great to see that solidarity and something else which you're really passionate about obviously the environment and, and great to see that the that green football uh, weekend which has been allocated for for a couple of weekends time as well yeah no this is this is like a really really good positive thing to see uh football and the football community as a whole um taking climate action i think it's uh yeah, like something that I've been I've been calling for and hoping for for a while, and it's nice to see uh, organisations like Planet League, for example, Pledge Ball, really engaging people, engaging fans, and I'd encourage you know as many people as possible to get involved because the activities are uh, a lot of them are very doable, a lot of them have, uh, are actually not only good for the environment but will we'll probably save money on the energy bills as well which is another thing that's that's really you know really current at the minute well you know it's, it's probably it's true of any time but especially now when the energy bills are so high does it feel like now more than ever it's a time when you know footballers can be so influential in, in all sorts of issues really and you know sort of society generally does does sort of need that support 100% yeah i mean the the obvious example is off the back of marcus rashford but there's been there's been others that have come out and and talked publicly on on, on certain issues, um, you know, uh, current and and previous uh, footballers. So yeah, I think uh, football is probably the most the most watched, the most supported sport in the world, and so therefore footballers are, are probably have the most influence of all athletes. You know, to come out and say say things and influence things in a positive way. And as I say, it feels like now more than ever that the, the, the football is such a, a pivotal part of of the community and and has such a great role to play, especially you know with youngsters and, and other generations going forward. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I've always thought and been uh, someone that subscribes to the, the the idea that athletes, footballers are role models. You don't necessarily realise that when you first get into it. You don't necessarily seek that or want to have that. Like some players don't necessarily want to be in that in that position of responsibility. But I think you you are, and you have to take that on, and you have to to try and do your best with that that position of responsibility because. 
like it or not, there are, you know, lots and lots and lots of kids that, that do look up to you and, and it's good for them to see a positive example. And obviously had a big crowd on Saturday against Sheffield Wednesday and that must feel, you know, really g- give you a great sense of opportunity that, that you can have that impact on, on that many people and, and especially, you know, with the team, it feels like, you know, second half of the season, things are sort of coming together, there's a real kind of wave of, of support and, and you can really take a lot of people along with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the more successful we are on the pitch and the more successful a player is on the pitch, then the more influence they can have. So, yeah, success certainly is very helpful when trying to put out like messages that, that you want to put out. And does it feel like that within the dressing room at the moment? As you say, the second half of the season, it really feels like you know an extra gear has kind of gone up and it's really sort of moving up the table and challenging for, for the, those playoff places. Yeah, I think certainly recently in you know in the last eight to ten games or so, I think our form's really picked up. We've really kicked on, and I think to be honest, that's part and parcel of just the situation with injuries. You've got a lot of people back fit now that were injured at the start of the season. The team was changing a lot at the start of the season, where it's you know relatively stable now, and we're really showing now the strength of the squad that we have, um, whereas we didn't really have that luxury early on. So, I think uh, it just shows that a lot of the time success in football does come down to luck because I think the uh, the differences between a lot of teams in this league are not very big. So if you can keep your squad fit and strong and healthy like for the majority of the season, then that, that is really going to make a hell of a difference. And just finally, what would be the main message you'd like to get across to supporters about, you know, not only green football, but also, you know, the, the sort of issues that, that affect them and, and how footballers can, can play their part as well locally? I think just to use use your football club because I think of, oftentimes especially in the current climate political climate it can be quite fractured it can be quite adversarial I think it's like to, to use the football club as a sort of a neutral ground within the community where people can come together of you know of all different backgrounds but also political ideologies and do positive things together in the community and make their community better and you know therefore make things better for themselves Great to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time and all the best for Saturday. You're welcome. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Final part of this week's Wickham Wanderer show. Some news from the club uh, and uh, more specifically from the EFL with the coronation of His Majesty King Charles III taking place on Saturday the 6th of May. The EFL has confirmed its schedule for the final round of uh, divisional fixtures for this season which includes Wanderers League 1 fixture at Portsmouth and uh, Skybet League 1 matches will be played on Sunday the 7th of May kickoff at midday so that's the uh, final game uh, of the season for Wickham well the regular season anyway uh, we'll be hearing from the manager very soon as well plus we'll be catching up with Sonny Moore uh, from Wickham Wanderers Women but first we caught up with uh, Luke on yesterday's mid-morning who's head of inclusion and cohesion at the Wickham Wanderers Foundation to find out a bit more about the Warm Hub which was uh, launched last week and uh, is continuing this evening at Adams Park as well. The, the discussions we had around it around October were you know really centred around the cost of living and what could we do and what parts of the community would really benefit from something like this and then just from the sessions themselves happening and us being there you can see firsthand that the guests themselves are are having a great time and you know the cost of living the, the electricity the rising costs are it's, it's great to be able to help with that but the, the thing that I've and some of my colleagues have really got from it is some of the feedback is that a lot of the people there are just saying so it's so nice to come out meet new people and just swap stories and you know just chat to people they've never met before or last week we had some guests that had met some of the guests that were there 30 years ago hadn't seen them since and then just by chance they're in the same place again and so it was really warming to see again excuse the pun but really warming <laughs> to see them enjoying each other's company and swapping stories and yeah it's just, you know it's just been fantastic for so many different reasons and a brilliant atmosphere as well, I imagine. We're looking forward to sampling it ourselves by coming down. But but I imagine, for, especially on a cold cold night, just to come into to, you know the football club and obviously Monty's is, is a really nice environment as well. Yeah, exactly that. And you know, just to add to it, we've got the fire. We've got the fireplaces up on the screens. It's just a, a nice, warm, friendly atmosphere. You know, it's it's very informal. There's no there's no pressure on anyone to, to be involved in any of the games or anything like that. So it's just really easy. And I think just because it's the positive backdrop to it and and the reasons it exists it just exudes positivity and it is just warm and it's just very welcoming and not to toot my own horn it's been a very very collaborative effort but it's certainly something that I step back from and think wow this is really good and you know I'm, I'm glad it's going so well. 
And we spoke to Trevor Trout, Trout from the Trust as well, who, who said that the food is excellent also. Yes, it must. Be. Yes, absolutely. A shout out to Will, the chef, for sure. He's, his meals have been brilliant. There are no complaints at all. And I'm not just saying that every time. It's compliments to the chef from all the guests. And, uh, and, and I must say, I don't necessarily give him the most notice in terms of numbers and what's required and the uh he adapts to it he, he's adapted to all of the evenings really well so yeah massive uh thanks to will as well and as you say that the feedback you get from people who do attend must be so rewarding fit for you and the team who who put the evenings on yeah that's it and you know ultimately we're not in it for the praise we're we're in it for the impact and to then hear the feedback of the impact it's having is fantastic and people coming back to us saying it's been great just to sit and talk to people meet new people I think it's easy to forget that some people are probably still feeling the effects of of the, of the lockdown and the lack of social time with others and so couple that with other you know problems going on in the world and the cost of living etc to be able to have that meeting space and, and have them together is, is brilliant and yeah the feedback across the board has been great and that's been from you know whether that's the guests themselves or we've had ex-players Keith Vince down as I say, as you said, Joe Jacobson came down. Jasper Pattinson's been there. They've, you know, they've all had such great things to say about it, and and uh, yeah, it's just been great all round. You can find out more about the Warm Hub by listening to uh, uh, yesterday's Mid Morning, which you can catch on the Listen Again feature on the website wickhamsounds.org.uk and hear more from Luke. It's Tuesdays and Thursdays between five and eight. If you're over sixty-five, you can go along with a guest who doesn't have to be uh, over sixty-five, and you get a warm meal and uh, see some ex-players, maybe even some current players as well. And uh, we're planning to do the show from there uh, one of these uh, upcoming weeks as well. So do listen out for that. Uh, Luke was also at Millbrook School uh, last night, uh, leading a brilliant project uh, for uh, refugees, uh, both uh, boys and girls were in attendance, doing a bit of skateboarding. And a couple of the uh, players went along as well, including Tyler Dickinson. We also caught up uh, with Sam Vokes as well, who is also uh, pleased to be involved. I have been introduced to a skateboard. I'll be honest, it's the first time I've stood on one tonight. So I've achieved something here tonight I'm quite proud of, yeah. And really nice that you could come along and support these initiatives, but also, you know, get involved yourself as well. Yeah, exactly. No, it's great. We turned up and, uh, and the kids were having great fun. You can see smiles on their faces and, and really enjoying it. And then, yeah, we fully got involved, standing on it, taking apart skateboards, putting them back together. And uh, I put it back together well because I managed to stand on the same one. So, I mean, when I say I stood on it, I didn't quite leave holding the wall, but I managed to go up and down the hall and uh, didn't fall off. So I'm quite happy with that. And what does it mean to you as a, as, a, as a footballer to be able to support events like this? It's great. It's great. And I think... The work the foundation do, I was just talking to the lads there and, and it's great within the community because I think the kids here, have, they've had a tough tough start to life and, and like I said, as soon as I walk through the front door, you can see the smiles on their faces and, and getting involved in the community and there is real community spirit here and it's um, no, it's great and it's good that they can come down and enjoy themselves on a, on a Wednesday evening. And really special that the club can you know, put on events like this and, and play such a key part to those who've had you know, such a difficult time. No, definitely and I think... In my time joining Wickham, that's, that's something I've noticed. It's, it's a real community spirit around the club from look, from the first team all the way down to everyone involved. Some people that come and watch on a Saturday, everyone feels part of it. And coming to events like this, you do feel that as well. And, and you feel the communities at, at the heart of it. And uh, it's great great to see. And, and, and hopefully it's great. And, and we can get some of these kids off the skateboards and come down to watch us as well on a Saturday and then get a few more fans. I was going to say, a really nice way to attract new supporters and get people you know, behind the team more. It is, and look, you show the, how diverse the football club is. It's not just football sessions they're putting on. The skateboarding here for, for the guys tonight is it, it's something else to bring the community together. And like I say, the, the children are having great fun, and you see the parents as well, and it's, uh, it's great that they can all get together from, from different backgrounds, really, and create that community spirit. And a great example of how central the club is to the community, and you know, things like the warm hub that they've been putting on as well. No, it's great, and, and the lads have been going out to a lot of things this week, and I'm seeing great feedback from, from the guys when they're going out and seeing seeing everyone in the local community and it's it's great that we can be part of that as well because like, I live locally and, and I play for the football club and it's it's great I can get out and, and, and see everyone in, in these sort of events as well. And something quite nice as well for, for people who have perhaps been to the game against you know, Sheffield Wednesday for example and seeing, seeing you guys sort of close up as well. Yeah hopefully and it, uh, that's, that's what it's all about community we're, we're no different because we play in the first team we can we want to come and get involved and, and be part of that community as well and I think you really get that feeling on a match day as well that we are one club all together. And it feels like a special sort of second half of the season now that you've just, just really sort of kicking on that extra bit. Yeah, exactly. We've had, a, we've had a great run. We were disappointed with the result against Sheffield Wednesday Saturday, but on reviewing it, we were, we were happy with the performance. We just missed that, that cutting edge, I suppose. And we've got a good run of games now, starting at Bristol Rovers on Saturday, that we can go and pick some points up and, and hopefully push for those playoffs. And obviously Rovers are the team you, you faced recently as well. 
it is, yes, we know all about them and, and they know all about us and so we can match that result we had recently. That would be nice. And a big derby Tuesday night as well to look forward to. Yes, of course. Um, always a great fixture to be involved in, one the boys are looking forward to, I know, and uh, it'd be great to, to get a good result at Bristol and come back for that game at Adams Park on Tuesday. So just finally, what would be your main message to supporters about you know, the work that the club's doing? It's great. Look, we're, we're all out here. We, we enjoy doing it and, and being in the community. And since I've joined the club, I love coming along to, to these events. And like I say, you really feel that community spirit in the club and, and we're all in it together. Great to have a chat to uh, Sam Vokes. Also, we spoke to Tyler Dickinson uh, and also Luke as well, who you heard from a bit earlier on. You can hear more on that on uh, yesterday's Drive Time. Again, available on the Listen Again feature on the website, wickensound.org.uk. Uh, regularly on the Wickham Wanderers show, we like to feature Wickham Wanderers women. I've been speaking to uh, Sonny Moore, who's the coach of the under-18s, and uh, featuring a bit more about uh, what he's been doing uh, with the players, as uh, many of them can progress to the reserves and, of course, into the first team as well. It's been a very choppy season obviously with the weather cancelling a number of games just before Christmas and then having that long period over the Christmas break so it was wonderful to get back to football first game against Fulham and then then we had our game against Notts County on the weekend. Now I'm sure you don't want to sort of give away too much in case opponents might be listening but are there any sort of particular areas that you're especially working on with the players or have been or need to be kind of going forward? That's a very good question I mean again we don't hide it but what we want to try and do is build up play from the back so again building up play through the thirds is something that we're really trying to work on uh, in training on the Tuesdays and Thursdays and then trying to replicate that on the Saturdays because again with the under 18s what we're trying to do is we're trying to develop our girls our players into more confident players players that play without fear so again if we're constantly repeating that that method of football and not reverting to, say, the long ball to kind of get out of trouble, then in the long run, when they progress and go through the ranks up to the reserves and up to the first, they'll be a lot more confident on the ball. And a similar question, I guess, but are there particular aspects which, which have particularly impressed you uh, that they are doing well? Again, something we're really trying to work with them on is composure. And by composure, we mean kind of being calm on the ball. So even though the game is going at a very high pace, it's been able to kind of keep your brain and thinking process on a really level ground. And they're starting to show that. So that's something that we're really loving. So not necessarily the win as in the score at the end of the game, but it's more the kind of they're doing what that we're asking them to do. And they're actually progressing on that front. So that's brilliant. That's something we're really proud of right now. And I know we've spoken to coaches and players, obviously, before as well, but it feels some, something really positive for, for everyone concerned, both players and coaches, about the kind of pathway structure that you've got where players can progress from, from the under-18s to the reserves to the first team. It is. I, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. You know what, Colin, it hasn't been easy. So again, when I joined in June pre-season, we had near 50, maybe 60 players sign up. We had very different abilities throughout the squad. So again, us as a coaching staff, we, we spend a lot of time exploring that and trying to work out the best way of structuring all those players based on ability and age and all the rest of it. And obviously with the aim of trying to develop these players to become first team players. So now we've got this, this, this wonderful structure of development and elite and in development, we're really working on those technical skills with those players to kind of bring them up so they're knocking on the door of the first team. And again, having that from 18s to the reserves and then, then into the first, it really creates the right environment for them to develop and we're not kind of pushing them into the deep end. We've got so many goals and objectives. And again, look at the 18s, look at the reserves and look at the first. And it's not necessarily about the league tables. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to create and embed some sort of ethos within the club so we can then build upon it. And that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. I mean, the 18s, we're, we're kind of doing really well in the JPL and the Junior Premier League. For those girls, it's been a real step up, but a great environment. The reserves are flying. And I know when you look at the table, maybe the first aren't where we want them to be. But to be honest, when you see them in training and them coming together, I promise you it won't be long until they'll be flying and, and, and really kind of pushing on up that table. And as a coach as well, you must really spot the, the potential, especially in, in the youngsters. Yeah, for me, my, my personal objective is, is all about positive mindset. And I, and I think if you, if you get that right, especially at a young age, especially working with the 18s, then again, you've got this real good base for them to kind of work upon. So if you've got the right mindset, you're playing without fear, especially at that young age. And again, we're, we're, we're talking teenagers here. They think they know it all. They're going through changes, all the rest of it. So it's kind of really working with them, building the trust 
within that team and kind of giving them that safe environment to kind of really push on, challenge themselves. I think that's what it's all about. You've got to put them in those stressful situations to kind of build upon it. So, yeah, it's really rewarding working with the uh, under-18s. And does it feel like they're really influenced by, you know, for example, the success of the Lionesses as well? And, you know, that gives them something to really inspire them and push them on? I think definitely. And I think the exposure to more women's football on TV is, is, is only going to be beneficial. We work quite closely with Wickham Wanderers Foundation because they've got their Girls Development Academy. So working closely with Lewis Bloom, we're actually seeing a number of those girls come into Wickham Wanderers Women which is really important because, again, the, the younger generations, and so further down you go, the interest in them starting football at a younger age is increasing. So their technical ability is going up. So we're seeing this real transformation within the female game at those younger ages. So we're really looking to kind of harness that to kind of then be through the ranks, through the pathway, and then up through to the first team. It's great for them, isn't it? And great experience for, for them going forward as well. You know, for them to hopefully step up and, uh, and do more for the first team and, and reserves and, and get more established. It is. And again, I think, I think that's a wonderful thing that about our, our training sessions is that we all train together. So it, it creates that bond. I know you've spoken to some of the players in the reserves and in the first team and speak, speaking to Jamie recently. So a number of our players do step up and play a few minutes in the reserves and in the first as well. So for them, building that experience is key it's only going to progress them as a player great chat to Sonny he's a coach of Wickham Wanderers women under 18s who are back in JPL action this Saturday uh, they're at home uh, you'll be pleased to know uh, to Watford Ladies Youth uh, that's at Burnham at the uh, 1878 Stadium Kickoff there is at 10.30 great opportunities as well for you to uh, follow uh, the other teams as well also at home on Sunday against Abingdon uh, that's uh, the reserves a 2 o'clock kickoff there and also uh, the uh, the first team uh, are in action as well, uh, so make sure you don't miss that. Lots of opportunity uh, for you to uh, cheer on the chair girls uh, this coming weekend as well. Uh, so lots of opportunity for you to uh, to follow their fixtures. Of course, the first team, uh, not too many uh, games left. It's only a short season for them, so we wish them all the best. Uh, returning to the men's action now, though, and uh, uh, our regular chat when uh, Gareth Ainsworth speaks to the media on a Thursday. And as you heard uh, in his post-match interview with Phil a little earlier on, he was uh, buoyed by the performance on Saturday in that uh, 1-0 defeat at home to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, definitely, Colin. You know, we, we were well pleased with the performance. Just the goal, the goal race shows were the wrong way around for us. Uh, you know, Sheffield Wednesday were a super, super side. And it's a cracking goal that separates the two teams. But they did have another chance that uh, I'm not going to be, you know, rose-tinted glasses here. I was disappointed with the second chance they got. That was the one that bugged me more. The first one they can have, you know, you, about three and a hundred of them go out and go, go in. And uh, and on that day, that Volks has hit that, that fantastic shot. And that's that's fair play to him, good enough to win any game. Uh, there was one chance in the first half I was very disappointed with because we've been absolutely solid lately. And uh, and it was um, it was sort of open. And I thought, wow, that, that hasn't happened to us for a while. So that one was the one. And, uh, and then on the other end, we didn't really create any clear cut. You know, we had a header from Brandon. We had a potential header from David Wheeler. We had shots hopeful shots and, and and crosses but nothing really really to trouble them and uh and for all the possession and passes and super play we had just couldn't put that final touch on it and uh and I was just uh doing the review earlier in the week with the boys and and the the word that kept coming up was almost uh and and it's great to say almost a lot of times because you you are close and you and you've got something special and the play the build up play was fabulous you know compared to what people think we are but that almost is the biggest part of it. You know, how many times have you heard managers say the game's won and lost in both boxes, you know, and uh, and we became a bit of a cropper of dominating the middle third on on uh, on Saturday. We really did. We 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 sort of outpassed them, outpossessed them. And it was just the both boxes one, which I've got to get that back in my head, you know, both boxes. Everyone loves to play great football, everyone loves to see passes and right, and and our fans included. But I'd sacrifice all that for winning games, and both boxes are important for me. And uh, and as I've said, I'm uh, I'm not going to sit here and say uh, I'd love just brilliant flowing, great possession, and lose one. No, I think some managers actually have said that in the past. They'd love to play great flowing football and lose games. Not me. I want to win games. That's my job. I just want to win games, however however I can. And that was important to me Saturday. And unfortunately, that goal split the two teams. Fantastic goal, but um, yeah, it really hurt me that one. Uh, 
I want to get back to winning ways as possible, and that's hopefully Saturday. Coming up against a side which you, you know you say could well be champions, does that really give you a gauge as to where where your team are at this stage of the season? Yeah, definitely football wise, Colin. We 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 matched them, you know, and, and I think that's great. But goal wise and chance wise, we didn't. So we've got to step up on that. And and you know, I think we're about eighth and eighth top scorers in the league or ninth top scorers in the league. So we're up there definitely. And again. You know, we've got to make sure we're getting maybe higher than that, fifth or sixth. You know, we've got to score goals. We've got to get... That's what the game's about. You know, I always tell the players, I'll never have a go at you for shooting. That's what the game's about. But let's make these chances, uh, you know, quality chances. Let's get some goals on the board. And uh, and I'm, I'm yeah, I'm proud of us. Always love my boys. Love the club. Uh, just this point, we never really got that cutting edge on Saturday. And, uh, and I'll be looking for that this Saturday. And you're coming up against a team this weekend who, you know, you've only played three games since you last met them. Does that really make preparations much easier? No, not really. You know, there's there's a few changes in the squad. You know, and uh, I know they've had a couple of players recalled and, and I think that they're at home, so they'll be slightly different. Teams always play a little bit different at home with a bit more confidence. And but they've got Collins and Coburn up front. You know, we know their threats. Scott Sinclair signed a, a contract there, so he's happy he's found a home. And so, we, you know, there's definite threats in there. And, uh there's one or two players back from injury that weren't there in the first game. So, yeah, it will be slightly different, but um, they're a good side. Very good side. Good manager. It'll be a tough game. And I, I can't wait to get down there and see what um, little old Wickham can do again. Rob will tell me off for saying that, actually. Sorry. Decent size Wickham now. <laughs> what we can do now at Bristol Rovers. And obviously the players and the manager will look uh, very different to, to when you last saw them. But it's so pleasing to see that, you know, players and well, just people obviously can come out in, in support of their teammate in that way. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's fantastic that they all shave their heads, you know, and uh, we just w- w- wish the boy all the best, you know, and, and uh, some things are, are, are huge uh, in life. And, and once any type of cancer sort of rears its ugly head, then uh, everything else stops, you know, everything else stops in people's world. And, and yeah, I think that um, what Joey and Bristol have done is just, is just sensational. You know, Joey gets a lot of stick from various things, but um I think it's a magnificent um, gesture to, to, towards um, towards a teammate. Yeah, and a really great example of how football can really help to highlight issues, and, and more locally as well. You've had um, David Wheeler doing the, the chair boys chat, and players at the, the warm hub as well, and and um, more recently, you know, this week at the, the refugee skate park and down at the Millbrook School. A really, really fantastic that you know players who, who are so looked up to by, especially I guess, youngsters, but also other people in the community can, can play such a role as well. Absolutely, really proud of. Uh, of all football, you know, of all footballers, you know, you get one or two exceptions, but on the whole, footballers get a bad rap because they earn good money for kicking a ball about a talent that they've all got. But they, you know, the market forces determine that. Footballers don't determine that. It's, so when they do go out in the community and when they do, you know, put their name to things, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. It really is. It can be an inspiration and. Yeah, I know some of these guys are, are looked upon as or lucky or whatever, but believe me, people like David Wheeler, even Sam Volks and, and, and Gareth McCleary have been at the top level. The humility in those guys uh, and, and and as I say, the whole of the Bristol Rovers squad, you know, and, and people like that, when they do the gestures and the, and the, and the work in the community that they do, it's not because they're told to do it. They want to do it. They want to give back. And I think if you dig deep into footballers, you'll probably find out that a few of them have got their own issues and a little bit defensive as well. They're not these super confident superstars, all of them that that can walk around and strut around and drive flashy cars. That it's different, you know. Hopefully, you know, these these moments will will help people understand people more than just uh, the job that identifies everyone. So now really proud of the Wickham boys getting involved in the community this week. And as I say. Some things are bigger than football, and this is definitely one of them. Do you think it's a comparatively new thing? Is it perhaps because there's more of a need in society for for support and help? Or you know, obviously I don't want to use the expression "in your day," but um, in your day, uh, did, did did players sort of do that sort of thing as well? But was it perhaps just not covered as much? Yeah, do you know when you say "in my day," we're talking thirty years ago, and that's everyone was there, everyone who was alive at that time, and everyone was an adult. We all know what it was like. We all know that that. Thank goodness time has changed and, and things have come on in leaps and bounds with mental health and, and with uh, with issues and with diversity and, and safeguarding. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant to live in the society we live in, to to, able to look after people in the right way and be proud of looking after people and being proud of coming out of, of 
whatever you might want to come out with, you know, problems, mental health, uh, sexuality, diversity, whatever it is that you you have that support now in, in this modern world. I think it's brilliant. And yet we lived back in that time and that was that time. And we can't, you can't look back and, and lambast anyone for not, not being as good as we are now. But thankfully, everything's changed and we're, and we're really getting up to speed and, and still can do loads more, lots of work. But um, I'm a big advocate for, um, for be you. You be you because you is good enough. And, uh, and I think that um, the more people that we can, uh, we can tell that to, the better. Pleasure to speak to you, the manager, as always. Uh, great to have him as a regular guest on the Looking Wanderer show. Hope you've enjoyed this week. Obviously, wish the team all the best for Bristol Rovers on Saturday. If you're not going, then uh, you'll be able to hear full live commentary on Wanderers TV and here on Wickham Sound on 106.6 FM as well. Have a fantastic week. It's been brilliant to showcase the EFL's week of action as well. Uh, great to be down at uh, Millbrook School for the uh, skateboarding and uh, the walking football we heard about with Phil a little earlier on as well. The chairboys chat that David Wheeler got involved with as well. Loads of other activities at the Foundation putting on, not to mention the warm humber as well uh, do keep an ear out because uh, these, this show will be coming uh, live from one of those events as well, got the Reardon Room to look forward to as well, we'll Martha O'Neill will be uh, officially opening that at the end of this month uh, again we'll be featuring that on this show as well, have a fantastic week and uh, enjoy the football